This scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on February 12th, 2023. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. The Holy Gospel chosen for today, out of out of um, a little out of the sequence of uh, the lectionary, so that it matches what was uh, preached on by Bishop Paul. It's from Matthew chapter 14, beginning at the 13th verse. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. He'd just received bad news that his cousin John the Baptist had been executed. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away, so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. And Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets in full. Those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. And as we gather here, we are gathered by the one, the miracle worker, Jesus Christ. We gather here into his presence as Christians around the world. Christians at the convention centre, Christians across Melbourne, Christians across the world, please be seated. Grace and peace to you, in the name of the worker of miracles, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now some people gathered in Melbourne at the Convention of General Synod these last four days, hoping for a miracle. Some gathered expecting a miracle. Some gathered figuring that only a miracle will help the church. Now, whatever you have brought in your heart here to church today, you are gathered just as they were gathered by the one we know as a miracle worker, the the same Lord Jesus Christ, and he provided a scripture reading to guide us these past days. He gave a scripture that keeps his people focused on God's heart of compassion, the same heart that performs miracles for us. He has provided a scripture which invites us to repent of any mistrust of his good and gracious will for us. Of those times when human reason schemes to suspect that nothing can be done or that there can be no future for us or even that we should avoid issues of dispute or disagreement among God's people or that we need to tell God how mission should be done. This scripture reminds us that we are gathered in the name of the worker of miracles, Jesus Christ our Lord. 
And this scripture that I am speaking of is the reading that was set before the opening worship of the Convention of General Synod last Thursday, Matthew chapter 14, which we've just heard. This is the story of the feeding of the 5,000, not counting women and children. And this is the only miracle story, apart from the resurrection, that is recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So there is certainly something good and helpful for us here today. Something to tune into, something to guide us as God's people as we step forward in faith, seeking God's good and gracious will for us, his church. It will prompt us to anticipate the hand of God working miracles far beyond anything we could ask or think of. And this message is not just for the work of the church, for those gathered for General Synod, but for all of us in our walk by faith in the name of Jesus. Here's the miracle worker for you in your daily lives. The context of this event is important. At the end of Matthew chapter 13, our Lord's cousin John the Baptist has been executed by Herod. And the scripture tells us that upon hearing this, our Lord Jesus has gone off to a remote place. The idea to be alone in his grief. Privately. But as so often happens, the crowds have followed him. And they have come to him, not just not to comfort him, but they've come clamoring with their human suffering. And we're told that Jesus had compassion on them. Now we arrive at this wonderful miracle of the feeding, but for this meditation, let us focus particularly on the dialogue here between our Lord Jesus and the disciples. Even though the name disciple means learner, in this story we begin to appreciate that the disciples reveal that they still have a lot to learn about faith in God and following where the Lord leads. We all do. The disciples begin with telling Jesus the obvious. This is a remote place, they tell him. It is a remote place. Remember, it was Jesus who went there in the first place because it was remote. It's getting late, they tell him. Well, yes, it is. You think he might have noticed the twilight. And the disciples wonder, how do we deal with all these crowds of people? 5,000, not counting women and men, women and children. So what is the disciples' solution? They tell Jesus that he needs to send the people away so that they could get their own food to eat. Now that sounds quite reasonable. Although you can hear criticism from them, you can hear them accusing him, Lord, do you really know what you are doing? It really is your fault after all. You are the one who led the people out here. The disciples' solution to the problem is to get rid of the problem. But it is the Lord's surprising response that is so very captivating here. He says to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. The disciples' solution to the problem, get rid of the problem. But Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. And straight away you hear the human reason the disciples bark back at Jesus with the obvious rational assessment of the problem. We have here only five fish 
five loaves of bread and two fish. Get it right, Phil? Five loaves of, fresh, loaves of bread, and they weren't big loaves. Now, they would have been little buns and two fish. Again, you can hear the subtext of criticism in their voices. Come on, Lord, you made this problem. You can't expect us to solve it. Be real. We barely have enough for ourselves. It would take a miracle to feed all these mouths, 5,000 not counting women and children. Sisters and brothers in Christ, we are gathered in the name of the work of miracles here today. Jesus Christ our Lord, the Lord ushers the disciples and the hungry people into his work of compassion. He's here, present with us, full of compassion. He directs the disciples to bring the bread. Then as the traditional providing father at the dinner table, he prayerfully gives thanks. He breaks the bread, then extends his hands through the hands of his disciples to fully satisfy the needs of the crowd of 5,000. You know what I'm going to say next. Not counting women and children. And the disciples obey the Lord's command. Although he's only given them five loaves and two fish. They still obey. And in the end, they actually give the people something to eat, straight from the miracle working of the Lord himself. And in the case, and in case human reason hasn't been put in its place sufficiently yet, we are told at the end, the end result of this distribution is an additional 12 baskets full of leftovers. So this is the story of extraordinary abundance and provision with even more to give away. Too often our human reason gets in the way of seeing God's abundance for us. Moreover, human reason becomes so busy with its own figuring of things that we miss the heart of the matter, which is God's heart of compassion for people, for us. We often wonder where we are going as a church. Should we build this Project B? Or should we do something first, get all the other things in line? The women and men of the church regularly have difficult issues to talk about. And when the church gathers for meetings or sinners, there's always proposals to consider, for we have a mission to serve. But this is not our church. This is the church of Jesus Christ, the worker of miracles. And we gather in his name, the name of the one who worked the miracle of abundance in the loaves and fishes. The greatest abundance for us is what we have wrought, what was wrought for us through the death of Christ on the cross already. Our human reason doubts the adequacy of that. One man dying for all of us. Is that enough? At the heart of our Lutheran witness is the central doctrine of justification, teaching the sufficiency of the work of the cross. On that first Good Friday, on Calvary's cross outside of Jerusalem, Christ Jesus took upon himself the sin of the world, your sin and my sin. On the cross he dies, although he does not sin. In his gracious act, he freely and graciously ex exchanges our sin with his righteousness. Nothing more to pay. Nothing in my hands I bring simply to the cross I cling. In my baptism into his death, I am raised with him to walk in newness of life. 
that I would have peace with God. Not anxiety, not wondering if that was sufficient, but peace. We call this the great exchange, the good news that we know as the gospel. But often human reason can't accept this. And so our response supposes, I must add to this. There must be some good work that I can do to tip the scales in my favour, although the miracle work has pushed the scale all the way down for me already. Martin, Dr. Martin Luther ex- described this great exchange the first and chief article, in the first and chief article of the Apostles' Creed, that Jesus Christ, our Lord, our God and Lord, has, was handed over to death for our trespass and was raised for our justification. This must be believed and may not be obtained or grasped otherwise with any work, law, or merit. It is clear and certain that this faith alone justifies me. Nothing in this article can be considered or can be conceded or given up. When our Lutheran church talk, um, when our Lutheran church folk of Australia and New Zealand gathered for the first part of the 20th convention of General Synod back in October 2021, they had before them a scriptural promise to set their eyes upon the good news of the grace-filled covenant that God makes with his people to remember God's promise so abundantly to abundantly provide for his people. Come, listen, and live. And Isaiah 55 is a promise and a call to come, listen, and live. Why do you spend your money on that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. An everlasting covenant of steadfast love. We are gathered in the name of the miracle worker, the compassionate Lord who has made us his own in baptism, gathered us as the church of Jesus Christ and we listen to his voice that we might have life and share it with others. To live with the ambiguities and uncertainties but walking by faith. Yeah, there are ambiguities and uncertainties of what it means to be human but by walking by faith. To be ready to repent of the desire to give credence to human Reasons, unquenchable thirst to solve issues without trust in God's compassionate miracle working. We went to synod with a plan. <laughs> and it was a good plan. It was con- we consulted the Spirit and God's Word. And we might be left wondering why, why it was rejected. And we can't blame our brothers and sisters in Christ that opposed it. We may need to be open to God's Spirit still leading us and giving us more time, time for others too, to come to the same conclusions, to remain, to retain unity by not rushing forward. And the uh, third point there, to remind one another that we are gathered in the name of the miracle work who does far more than we can ever ask or think of. Jesus Christ. He has something wonderful prepared for us beyond our imagination. 
And so our convention of General Synod 2023 began with the story of the loaves and fish, Matthew chapter 14. The miracle of the loaves and fishes is not about the number 5,000. The scripture even reminds us that this number is not counting women and children. So the number is unknown. So the number was much more than 5,000. But abundance is not always about quantity. Though preoccupation with prosperity and materialism means human reason is always counting and wanting more. We want it more. And we want it now, don't we? Rather, the miracle of the loaves and fishes is about unending compassion, the unending compassion of our God, which can never be quantified or limited. The compassion of God was made sure for all time in the work of the cross of Jesus Christ. This is the light shining in the darkness of human reason. The compassion of God that is revealed for us in the work of the cross and the light of the gospel for the darkened minds. Distinct, abundant, setting a bright path to follow. So as God's people living as children of the light, we pray. Lord, show us what is good and right and true. What is pleasing you? pleasing to you for we gather in your name and the peace of God which passes all human understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus now and always Amen Amen.